Psalm 23, God has set a table for two. One chair for himself, the king, and the second one, believe it or not, is for you. But of course, the enemy wants a seat at the table too. Anxiety wants a seat, envy wants a seat, worry and frustration want a seat. But don't give the enemy a seat at your table. Look up, go up, you're invited up the mountain of God. Move towards infinite power, splendor, love and beauty, healing and restoration. When we gaze upon the Almighty, we are changed by the captivation. Empowered to take every thought captive in the battle of the mind. Shame is silenced by his glory and our future redefined. So draw near to Jesus. The shepherd is good. Our God is faithful. Take the place prepared for you and don't give the enemy a seat at your table. Well, Crossroads, I got to be honest with you today. I'm not exactly sure how this one's going to go because, listen, I got my notes all typed out and ready to go, all right? But I'm feeling like we might need to veer off of those a little bit today. And that always gets a little crazy. And I, full disclosure, I've already had a couple diet dues, and I don't know, I don't know what's speaking. Sometimes, sometimes it's my job to differentiate in my mind. Is this, is this God speaking to me, or is this just the caffeine? I don't know. I have to figure that out. Uh, but what's funny is that that's what we're talking about today. It's, it's whose voice are you listening to at your table? And, and I just want to encourage you to lean in today and really focus in on that voice of Jesus as he speaks to you today. Because no matter where you're joined at, if you are in this room, if you're outside at drive-in, which is a beautiful day, or online, or you guys, let's talk Mishawaka, St. Pete, Nashville, wherever you guys are joining today, I want you to know that... I believe with all my heart that Jesus is going to speak to you. And what's amazing is, you know, I'll, I'll preach on Sundays and, you know, you know I, I get the ratings from you guys sometimes. Like, you know, it was a solid seven out of ten today, Tim. I appreciate it. Thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, sometimes, like, oh, it was a four. I, I apologize. I'll do better next week. Uh, but what's great about the position that I find myself in when I, I get to speak on Sundays is I know that what I am speaking Man, I'm just trying to be obedient to what it is that God's asking me to say. I know that God's using those words. Anything that is speaking to your heart, that's pulling you closer in your walk with Jesus, that's God speaking to you. That's not me. And it's always incredible to me to hear, like, so many people say, you were speaking exactly to me on Sunday. And I'm going, hey, that's cool, but you need to know this. That wasn't me. Like, I, I, it may have felt like I was staring right at you, like, right at you. But I, I'm not. I'm not. Or am I? <laughs> uh, but I just want, I want you to lean in to the voice of Jesus today and make sure you're listening to his voice and not the voice of the enemy. It's, it's so easy to fall into that trap because sometimes we don't, even, we don't even know what we're listening to. This happened to me last week. I'm, I'm in a minivan in Kansas City. This is real life. I, fl I was flown down to Kansas City for a big meeting for our denomination. I was just, it was just a thing, one day in, one day out. And I was hanging out with some pastor friends of mine. If you've been around at Crossroads for a while, you'd know these guys. Uh, Kevin Jack, Sam Barber, they were both here for one of our best weekends or best weeks ever back in the day. I'm, I'm in a van with these two guys, and they're there's this, this volunteer, his name is Ron, and he's driving us to the airport in this minivan. It's the, only the best accommodations for us. Very nice minivan. And we've had these meetings, we're driving back to the airport, and we're having a pretty great conversation. And I just realized no one's really talked to Ron. And so I said, Ron, 
Have you always been a, a volunteer driver of a minivan, you know, get, get, getting people to the airport? Or did you ever do anything else in your career? And he's in his mid-60s, maybe 70 years old. He says, and I swear I heard him say this, he says, oh no, I was an archaeologist. And I said, you were an archaeologist? I have so many questions. <laughs> and suddenly, everybody in the van was laughing hysterically. And I realized, they're laughing at me. What, what did I miss here? He said, no, I wasn't an archaeologist. I said I was an audiologist. And I've got stuff that can help you out. I said, oh, oh, oh. I mean, you can't walk into that one any worse than I did. My, my friends are laughing. I've gotten several texts from both those guys just mocking me mercilessly. Uh, you're an archaeologist? I'm never going to live that down. But the truth is... The voice that we're listening to matters. And if I'm supposed to be locking in on the voice of Jesus, I got to make sure I'm listening to what it is that he is speaking into my life. If we're going to sing songs and have a desire to have revival in our hearts and in our families and in our church and in our communities, that's what I'm praying for, by the way, that God would just revive us, that he would draw us close to him, that he would begin doing a new work. You guys, that's why it's so important we're investing in the next generation because I believe that revival fire comes from the next generation. I think they're going to be the one that sparks us. Call me overly positive and optimistic, but I believe that that's where it's coming from. And we have to be focusing in on the right voice. And, and throughout this series, we've been highlighting the fact that God has prepared a table just for you. And it's in the presence of our enemies. And that's what we've celebrated from Psalm 23. David starts that Psalm saying, you know, the Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. And when God is the one who's, who's leading me, when, when he is the voice who I am listening to, when I've locked eyes on the king, when I'm locked in on his word, and when I'm listening to his voice, that's where I find myself sitting at this table that he prepared just for me. And I know that this table's prepared just for me because it has a Diet Mountain Dew on it, just for me. <sighs> just my table. It's the most expensive reservation on the planet. Jesus paid the ultimate price so that we could have this moment with him. He prepares a table before us in the presence of our enemies, in the presence of all the chaos, all the stress, all the worry, all the fear, all of the temptation, everything that's trying to knock us down. In the middle of all of that, Jesus says, hey, I've got this table here for you. Pull up a seat and let's talk. How you doing? Tim, I got a whole case of Mountain Dew for you if you get in trouble. I, I, I've got you covered here. This is, this is a spot that he has created just for you and just for me. And, and I want to encourage you today to, to lean in to Jesus. Because the enemy is working overtime to pull up a seat at the table and, and to distract you, to take your focus off of Jesus. John 10.10 10 says, the thief, the enemy, the devil, comes to steal and kill and destroy I contend that means he's trying to steal our joy, to kill our spirit, to destroy our very soul. And Jesus is saying, no, don't, don't listen to that voice. I've come that you might have life and have it to the fullest. I, I've come and prepared a table for you so that we can do life together, so you can have fellowship with me. And if we're listening to the voice of Jesus, he's going to put us on this path that he created us for. Don't ever forget that Jesus is the answer to everything in life that we're looking for. When I put my trust in Jesus, I don't have to worry about, you know, the purpose and meaning of life because I know where I come from. I've been made in the image of God. 
I don't have to wander through life searching for my identity. No, I am his child, been made in his image. He loves me with an extravagant love. I don't have to worry about my purpose because I've been made by him and I've been made for him. He has a plan just for me. He's given me gifts and abilities to use for him and for his glory for for such a time as this, for this moment in time. That's what he created, that's you. And then, as if that weren't enough, he creates this, this future for me. I have an eternal destiny with Jesus because of who he is and what he has done in my life. That's who Jesus is. That, that is life to the fullest that he is calling us to. And so the enemy doesn't want you to have any part of that. He's doing everything he can to pull up a seat at the table and take your eyes off of Jesus. And he does that by tempting us. We talked about this last week. He entices us with our own desires. He, he sets the hook. He, he dangles it right in front of us. What we know, it will trip us up. And he tries to take our eyes off of Jesus. We fall into temptation. We fail. Sometimes it's our insecurities. It's our fears that we wonder, oh man, because I failed, how could God possibly love me? Am I good enough to come sit at the table with Jesus? And then, then we begin to doubt God's love for us, God's grace, God's compassion, his mercy. Am I good enough to take my seat at the table? And we begin listening to the wrong voice. And we start finding ourselves in this place of defeat and this place of discouragement. And you guys, that, that is not where we were created to live. Again, Jesus has, has paid the ultimate price so that we could have this seat at the table with him. It's the most expensive reservation on the planet. And I want to just dive in here and talk about this path to victory. Because here's the thing. We are not starting from zero. We talked about this last week. We're starting from Jesus, all right? This is not a place of defeat that we live in. This is a place of victory. Because the last I checked, the grave is empty. Jesus is alive. He has overcome death and the grave. He gives us victory to overcome all the sin and temptation in our lives. We're not starting from zero. We're starting from Jesus. And so the devil, what he does, he, he tries to pull up a seat at our table and say, hey, you're not good enough. Remember that time you failed? Remember how awful that was? And he tries to keep us in this place of defeat because he knows that if he can keep us focused on defeat and keep us discouraged, that our eyes aren't going to be focused on Jesus and we're not going to be listening to his voice. And I want to encourage you today that you don't have to live in this place of defeat because when you fight, you don't just move toward victory. You move from a place of victory because you're starting with Jesus. Look at these verses. I just want to encourage you with these verses. 1 Corinthians 15, 57. Paul writes this, but thank God he gives us victory over sin and death through our Lord Jesus Christ. We are starting with Jesus. He gives us the victory over sin and over death. We are walking from a place of victory. As if that wasn't enough, I, I love what it says in Romans 6, 5, and 5 through 7. Since we have been united with him in his death, we will also be raised to life as he was. We know that our old sinful selves were crucified with Christ so that my sin might lose power in my life. We are no longer slaves to sin. I don't have to live that way anymore. For when we died with Christ, we were set free from the power of sin. Man, that's amazing. I mean, that's incredible, right? I think about the, the parable that, that Jesus told of the prodigal son. 
It's such a powerful, it's an incredibly powerful story because you have this son, this younger son who goes to his dad and says, dad, I don't want to wait for you to die to get my money. Give me my inheritance now. It's like, it's this, it's this terrible attitude from this terrible son. And the father's like, you know what? Fine. I love you. Here's your inheritance. Uh, go with my blessing. And what does he do? He goes and squanders it on everything. I mean, in no time at all, he squanders his inheritance on wild living and he finds himself hitting rock bottom. Because listen, when you follow the voice of the enemy, <laughs> when he says, you can be your own shepherd, you don't need the Lord to be your shepherd, do what, do what you feel is right. You, you know better for your life. Whenever you follow your own voice instead of the shepherd that is Jesus, that path always takes you farther than you ever wanted to go. It never fulfills. It never satisfies. It's a promise that it overpromises and underdelivers every single time. And so this prodigal son, he finds himself hitting rock bottom. The word picture that Jesus paints is he's gotten a job feeding pigs and his life is so terrible that he's finding himself sleeping where the pigs sleep, eating the slop that the pigs eat. Like he has hit rock bottom. There, there's no worse place than this. And it says he finally comes to his senses. When, when you speak to that idea and that mindset in scripture, coming to your senses is actually that moment of repentance. It's that realization that I, I don't want to live this way any longer. Not only do I not want to, but and this is awful. I, I can't live this way any longer. And it says, when the son came to his senses, he said to himself, man, even the, the people that work for my dad have it better than I do. Maybe I can, I can come back to the table. You know, <laughs> you know, maybe I can't get my seat back, but maybe I can just kind of be up beside it, you know. Maybe sneak a piece of coffee cake off here or something. I, I don't know what that looks like exactly because I wasn't planning on doing this. But here's the thing. <laughs> in his mind, he wasn't good enough. Just, just stop and put yourself in the mind of the prodigal son. Because have you ever been there? You failed? And, and the devil starts speaking those lies into your life of you're not good enough. There's no way that you can ever match up. How could God ever use you? What are you even trying to do? Just, just give up now. He, he speaks defeat. He's the father of lies. He, he's beating you down. He's discouraging you. He, he's trying to steal, kill, and destroy. And that's where the prodigal son finds himself. He's saying, well, maybe I can go back to my father's house. Maybe I, I, I know I can't take my seat at the table, but maybe I can get some, some scraps from the table. Maybe he'll hire me as one of his workers, and at least it's better than what I have now. But that picture that Jesus paints of that prodigal son coming home and the father looking from a distance every night, looking in the distance to see if this might be the day that his son comes home. That picture that Jesus paints of, of the father seeing his son coming back from a distance and, and running to him and embracing him in all of the stench and <laughs> all of the squalor and, and, and all of the dirt and all of the mess to fully embrace him and then celebrate. My son, he was lost, but now he's found, he's come back home. Let's celebrate, he has returned. To realize that that is how Jesus sees us. To realize that that is his heart for us. I want you to know that, that that's the heart of Jesus. Man, when he came to, to pay this price the ultimate price, the most expensive reservation, when he laid himself down on the cross to forgive us of our sins, not a single one of us deserved that. 
It says in Romans 5, God showed us his love so much that while we were still sinners, while we were still his enemy, he died for us. That is his grace that, that goes before us. You know, the theological term for that is provenient grace. I'm going theological on you today. It's that grace that goes before us, that grace that, that we don't even come close to deserving. And that grace shows up when, when we find ourselves in our failure. When we find ourselves listening to the, to the lies of the devil saying, I'm not good enough, I'm not going to make it. We find ourselves in that moment where we experience that provenient grace of Jesus when he says, hey, hey, I'm, I'm still your dad. Come home. And I want, to, I want you to know today that if the enemy's had a seat at your table just beating you down, saying you're not, not worthy, you're not worth it, you're not going to make it, I want you to know today you're listening to the wrong voice. All right? Because the word you heard was not archaeologist. <laughs> it was actually audiologist. <laughs> uh, and what's great about our God is that he always provides a path to victory. Can you think about the promise that we see in 1 Corinthians 10, 13? This is an amazing promise. The temptations in your life are no different from what others experience. And God is faithful. He will not allow the temptation to be more than you can stand. When you are tempted, he will show you a way out so that you can endure. God will provide a way out. You, you don't have to live that way any longer. He gives you the strength to overcome. And I want to encourage you today, you don't you don't start this battle, you don't start walking down this path from a place of defeat. You start walking down this path from a path of victory. God has already won the battle. He goes before us. He fights for us. What an amazing concept and what an amazing truth that that is. Now, it's still on me to, to walk down that path. I still have a role to play. I have to choose to be obedient. But man, God has blazed that trail for us through what Jesus has done for us. And we, we fight this battle from a position of victory. And, and the devil is so good at, at, at tempting us and bringing it to this place where we fail. And then when we fail, he's so good at then becoming the accuser. That's what he's called in scripture. He accuses us and he tells us that we're not good enough and he heaps guilt and shame upon us and, and we get stuck in this cycle believing that we cannot do it. We are not good enough. And in the middle of all the shame and all the guilt, he just heaps this condemnation. You are not going to make it. You are not good enough. And if that resembles any part of the voice that's been speaking into your life, I want you to know that that, that voice of condemnation, it comes from the enemy. That's the only place it comes from. And I want to identify a couple things that are really important because if it's a spirit of condemnation that you're listening to, you're not good enough, you're not going to make it, there's no way that Jesus loves you. There's no way that you can win this battle. That's the voice of the enemy. Condemnation, that's always going to come from the devil. What comes from the Holy Spirit, what comes from Jesus, of locking eyes on Jesus, locking in on his word and listening to his voice, that is something entirely different. That's not the voice of condemnation. That's the voice of conviction. And I want you to lean into what that means today because there is a huge difference between the voice of condemnation and the voice of conviction. And those two paths lead completely different ways, two different directions entirely. And I want you to think about that because, oh my goodness, Jesus is trying to lead you to this place where you have victory, where you experience life to the fullest. And if you can lean in and listen to the right voice, 
that's going to be a game changer for you. Don't give the enemy a seat at your table. Don't listen to his voice. Listen to the voice of Jesus. Uh, Notice the stark contrast here. Condemnation, it comes from guilt, right? And that, it paralyzes me. I, I am, this is the enemy just heaping guilt on you and just saying, you are not good enough. You are terrible. You are worthless. You are not going to make it. That's the voice of the devil. But here's the thing. Conviction, the voice of the Spirit, is born from grace. What an incredible picture that is, again, of the prodigal son coming home completely paralyzed, consumed with his guilt, overwhelmed, saying, I'm not good enough. Maybe I can get some scraps. And then there's Jesus. There's the Father coming and embracing his son and saying, my son has returned. Let's celebrate. He has come home. What was dead is alive. What is lost is found. Let's go. The party's about to begin, right? I mean, that's what Jesus is all about. The conviction of the Holy Spirit is born out of grace. In Romans 8, and this is so important if you've been consumed by this voice of condemnation. Romans 8 says, so now there is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. And because you belong to him, the power of the life-giving spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. I don't have to live that way any longer. I, I can't live that way any longer. And so the lie that we buy in, in our culture today is that, man, God loves me and there's, there's nothing I can do about it. And that's an amazing truth. It really is. But that has to change me. I can't just stay in the pig slop like, oh, my father loves me. Oh, this is so great. Now I'm going to go hang out with the pigs again and eat their food because I liked that. That's not where he wants you to live. That's not the life that he's called you to. Why would you go back to that? So let's, let's follow this path where it leads us. Condemnation, it leads you to conceal your sin. It leads you to hide it, right? Where conviction urges you to confess it to bring it into the light of day, to say, Jesus, I need you. This is an area of my life that I, it's trapping me. It has victory, and I need to give this to you. God, I confess I've been wrong. I need forgiveness. M- make this right. Help me to turn away from this. What a difference that is between the concealing of my sin, hiding it, and then just confessing it and saying, God, I don't want to carry this around with me any longer. Man, you talk about freedom. Oh, There is freedom that comes from confession. And what is it about us that we're wired, like as humans, we're wired to conceal. Like, you don't have to train that, like to hide. Like when you've done something wrong, you hide in the corner. Did anybody else ever experience this as a a parent? Listen, if nobody else did, I'm going to be a little bit embarrassed and ashamed myself. But maybe you did, and maybe I'm not taking crazy pills up here. Um, When you were potty training your kids, did you ever have that moment where they've got the diaper on, but they know they're old enough I don't need to go to the bathroom in my pants anymore. Anybody ever remember that? Some of you are like, oh my goodness, that's amazing. I don't have to go to the bathroom in my pants anymore? (laughs) This is going off the rails. I should have stuck to the notes. Okay, so so what happens? The the kid, he's old enough to know better, but he's like, oh, I want to go to the bathroom. Because kids are kids, and oh man, they drive us crazy. And so what happens? The kid would kind of disappear, like they're playing with their toys in the, in the middle of the room, and then suddenly it's like they're, they're off in the corner somewhere. You ever, this happen to anybody? It's like, hey, what are you doing? Is it just me? 
And usually that, like, hiding in the corners is, is accompanied by terrible noises. Terrible noises. Because <laughs> they know that what they're doing is wrong. Like, uh, okay, it never happened. And, but it smells. Like, oh, it happened. It happened. We all know it happened. There's no getting away from it. You carry that stink around with you. And it's the same way when you conceal your sin, right? Like, <laughs> you carry that stink around with you. You think you got it? Like, well, that's fine. No, I, no, I didn't do that. That's crazy. No, I, we can smell it. We, we know what's going on here. <laughs> uh, why do we do that? Why do we do that? Don't conceal it. Man, God knows you better than anyone else. He knows you better than you do. He knows what's going on. If there's something in your life that's a barrier between you and your relationship with Jesus, if you fall into the trap of listening to the enemy, don't try to conceal it. The only one you're hurting is yourself. And honestly, most of the time, everybody else can know there's some, something doesn't smell right. Not passing the smell test here. <laughs> Confess it. Man, there, there is freedom in confession. It allows the spirit to, to move in your heart, to draw you close to him. You don't have to live in that place of defeat. You can experience victory. You can be set free. How amazing is that? First John 1, 9, it's, just a, it's a classic verse in scripture, but it is so good. Think about the significance of what it says here. It says, if we confess our sins to him, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all of our wickedness. Man, if I confess, God, I've got this trash in my life. It's a barrier between me and my relationship with you. God, I need you to take this because I don't want to carry this anymore. God, would you forgive me? Man, he forgives us. He cleanses us. As far as the east is from the west, that's how far he separates that from us. Another picture in scripture is that he takes that and he throws it into the bottom of the ocean, never to be found again. It's gone. It's gone. So stop concealing it. Stop trying to live your life like, oh, I'm okay, I'm fine. No, confess it. Man, invite Jesus into that space and let him take care of that. Because you're not starting from zero, you're starting with Jesus. You don't have to walk in a place of, of defeat. You, you can walk down a path of victory. He gives you the power to overcome. He will forgive you. He will set you free. That's the God we serve. You've got to lock in on the king. You've got to lock in on his word. You've got to listen to his voice. And when he speaks to you, man, don't hold on to your stuff. Man, confess it. Let him know you need him. We all need him. I need him. I have to be in that place of confession. Man, I don't like who I am sometimes as a dad and as a husband, as a person. There's things I have to confess all the time. Nobody is immune from that. That's how I stay in tune with Jesus, making sure I'm where I need to be, walking down that path of victory. It's daily. I'm just saying yes to Jesus. I want to challenge you today. Don't, don't walk in that place where you're concealing it. Confess it. So here's the final thing here. Condemnation, it, it results in remorse, right? Like I feel bad about what I've done. But, but then you just still find your, yourself there because you're just listening to the voice of the enemy. You're trapped. You feel like you can't overcome it. But what conviction does when Jesus speaks to you is it leads to repentance. And that's where I come to my senses. That's what happened to the, the parable of the prodigal son. He hit rock bottom. He came to his senses and he said, this is where this life has left, had led me to. I've, I've hit rock bottom and I don't want to live this way anymore. I can't live this way anymore. And repentance is me turning away from that life that has led me to a place I never thought I wanted to go, never thought I would end up there. 
And it, instead of living that life, I turn away from that, and I turn completely around, and I turn toward Jesus. That's me surrendering all that stuff that's been holding me down. That's not going to be who I am. No, not any longer. That's not what defines me. Yes, I failed, and I'm going to live through the consequences, and Jesus is going to help me through the consequences of that, but that's not who I am. No, I, I am a child of God, and I'm going to live for him. I'm going to walk in his freedom, and he's going to set me free, and I'm going to walk down that path of victory. Guys, we don't have to live here. We can, we can turn that around through the power of Jesus and, and follow him down the path that he called us to. And that's what happens when we, we listen to the right voice. Jesus calls us to this place, this life that is lived to the fullest, the, the life that he created us for. And I don't want any one of us to miss that. You guys, you might feel like you're trapped in this place over here. You don't have to live that way anymore. You can be set free. God, God frees us from the power of that. The strongholds in our life can be broken. If we're just li- willing to listen to the voice of Jesus, you can live that life that he's called you to. You can fulfill that purpose and plan that he has for you. You, you can do this. And I just want to encourage you today, don't, don't hold on to the things that have led you to this place that you never thought you would end up. Be willing to repent. Be willing to identify. These are things in my life that, that are here that, that have no business being part of my life. And what happens, I mean, we rationalize it, we justify it, everybody else is doing it. I mean, our culture is great at just kind of making everything normal, like, oh, this is fine, it's not a big deal. And it's, it's leading us to this place of total destruction. I just want to encourage you, what, what is it in your life that you need to make sure doesn't have a foothold or a stronghold in your life that's leading you to this place? I mean, we're called to lead by example. Man, I love 1 Timothy 4.12. It says, don't let anyone look down on you because you are young, but set an example for the believers in speech, in life, in love, and faith, and purity. I mean, think about your speech. I mean, are you honoring God with the things that you say? Are you speaking life, or are you tearing people down? Uh, go back on your comment section on your, your social media and, and, and double check yourself. Uh, just be careful. Are you speaking life? Just think about, are, are your words bringing life? Am I honoring God with my speech, with my life? Man, worship, true worship, I believe, is a lifestyle. These are my actions honoring God in all that I do. I'm leading the way for others. My speech, my life, my faith. Is my faith alive? Am, am I growing in my relationship with God? In the way that I love others. Man, they, they will know us by our love, it says. Our challenge here is to invite thousands of outsiders to a changed life in our communities, to, to celebrate a thousand people who are baptized by 2025. That's what we're trying to do here at Crossroads. And we will show them the way to Jesus by the way that we love them. We have to love Jesus with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and we have to love our neighbor as ourselves. Are we leading the way for others in that way? Speech, life, love, faith, purity. Are we leading the way for others in purity? Man, in our culture right now, we're being attacked so much. You talk about trying to find your identity in Jesus or trying to find it somewhere else. Man, it's, it's all around us, you guys. Our sexuality is being attacked. Everything about life right now is, is, is all about pleasure and what can I do for me. It's all about me. And I want us to turn that upside down. Instead of honoring myself and seeking out pleasure for myself, me being the shepherd of my life, how do I make Jesus the shepherd of my life? all the way down to my purity, to my sexuality. Am I honoring God with my sexuality? And these are the questions we have to be honest about and ask ourselves those are uncomfortable questions. But I have to ask myself, am I honoring God in my speech, in my life, in the way that I love, in my faith, in my purity? Is there anything in my life, some baggage that I'm holding on to that's led me to this place that I never thought I'd go? 
what is it that doesn't belong here? What is it that I need to turn away of, repent, and, and give to Jesus? Because what a beautiful moment that is where I say, Jesus, I confess, I need you. I've allowed something to, to maintain in my life that, that shouldn't be there. Those are the moments of confession where we say yes to Jesus. Those are the moments that lead to revival. Those are the moments that lead us directly to the seat at the table that God prepared for us. Those are the moments where I lock eyes on Jesus, I lock in on his word, I listen to his voice, and I realize that in this path that, that I'm walking down, this, this battle that I'm fighting, I'm not starting from zero, I'm not doing this on my own, I'm starting with Jesus, and he gives me the power and, and the victory to overcome. I just want to encourage you today, who, whose voice are you listening to? Are you listening to the voice that says you're not going to make it, you're not good enough? There's no way that God can use you. Are you listening to the voice that says, I've already fought this battle for you. The grave is empty. I'm fighting for you. I've given you the power to overcome. You are my child, and I'm calling you by name. I want to invite you today, take your seat at the table and listen to this voice that's calling you, calling you to step out and, and take a step toward him. I love how it says in James 4, 8, if you draw close to God, he will draw close to you. I want to challenge you today. Listen to the right voice. I just want to close with this question. Whose voice are you listening to at your table? I think we've probably talked about it long enough today. That voice of condemnation or the voice of conviction. And if Jesus is convicting you, if he's challenging you to lay something down at his feet today, don't, don't leave this space that you're in today without responding and taking your seat at the table with him. Because that's where life is lived to the fullest. That's where we experience forgiveness. That's where we are set free. And here at Crossroads, I, every week we are unapologetically going to give people a chance to start that journey with Jesus. And if you're here today and you've, you've felt the hopelessness that comes from trying to do life on your own, you've been saying, I am my shepherd and I lack a lot of things and I want Jesus to be my shepherd. I want you to know that that journey can begin today. You can ask for forgiveness. You don't have to live that way any longer. You can be set free. And so as we come to a close today, uh, wherever you are, would you stand with me in this moment? And can we just pause to say thanks to Jesus for who he is and the love that he has for us and the price that he has paid so that we can be set free, so that we can walk from a place of victory? If you're here today and you want to embrace that love that he has for you and start with Jesus instead of starting from zero, I would invite you in this moment to join us in praying this prayer together. Would you read this prayer together with me? Jesus, I need you. I believe you are the savior of the world, that you gave your life to forgive my sins, and that God raised you from the grave so that I could have eternal life. Thank you for loving me. I am saying yes to you, Jesus. Come into my life. I will follow you. Amen. Uh, to him who is able to do immeasurably more than we could ask or imagine, can we just give him the praise and the glory today? Because he changes lives. He forgives us and he sets us free.
Uh, if you're here today in this room and you've said that prayer for the very first time, you said yes to Jesus, I want to invite you when this service is over, please come forward and, and talk to Michelle. She's waving her hand. We have a Bible we would love to give you next steps. We want to walk through this journey with you. If you're outside, Stu asked me to say this. He'll be doing a headstand right now uh, to get your attention. So just look for Stu. Uh, come talk to him. We want to celebrate with you what God has done in your life today. And I just want to encourage you today, Crossroads, as we close and we sing this song, Waymaker, Miracle Worker, <laughs> Promise Keeper, Light in the Darkness. That, that is who our God is. And if you've been listening to the enemy, if you've been beaten down and told you can't, as we sing this song, can you just draw close to Jesus? If there's something that you need to confess to him, if there's something you need to turn away from, would you just lay that down at the feet of Jesus in this moment? And would you leave the day closer to Jesus than you were when you came in? Would you leave the day having taken your place at the table that God has prepared for you? That's my prayer. Let's draw close to Jesus in this moment and make sure we're saying yes to his voice in our lives. God, we do. We thank you for who you are, for your grace that goes before us, that draws us close to you. God, your grace and your love that is so great that while we were still your enemies, while we were still far from you, you died for us. You paid a price that we could not pay. And God, I'm so thankful that even though sometimes we wander off the path that you've created us for, that we're never too far gone, that your grace won't welcome us back. And God, I just pray that you would help us to focus on you. Because that life that we choose for ourselves sometimes, that's not the life that we were created for. God, help us to listen to your voice today, to draw close to you, to be able to leave today experiencing life to the full, life that you created for us, God. God, we love you and we praise you. We pray this in your holy and mighty name. And together we say, amen.